0: <singing> I die die! die Today I have a story to tell you (laughs) Um, cozy on up this is unlike I think anything I've ever done here but since it's a totally creative emergent space I feel like this is a story I want to tell and so in the name of storytelling generation to generation and Prioritizing stories of our lives as also healing modalities and tools. This is an offering from my heart. May it be of service, of acceptance. May you receive these words. The tune I just was humming and singing. (laughs) It's super early, so um, not that well, but still. Um, is one that I learned um, at Temple Beth Israel in West Hartford, Connecticut, sitting next to my grandmother. And I learned this prayer um, from many, many, many hours of sitting there with her and hearing it at every service. (sighs) My grandmother and I had a very special relationship that is very hard to put into words, and I will not get into all of it here, but she was a grandmother to me. She was a stable and steady presence. She spoiled me. She cared for me. She challenged me. She pushed me to be a better version of myself, especially in values and ethics in communication, in service, in care. She taught me how to be in the world um, as a light through acts of service and kindness and donation. Um, So not only showing up mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally for community, but also financially. Um, She taught me, I just feel like, pretty much all of the the most amazing connected and beautiful things in my life right now, my family, my work in the community, um, my love for other people, my love for Judaism and learning. I feel like all of these things I really um, got from her really, really deeply. And witnessed her living this way for all the days of her life, um, really being thoughtful about how she was in relationship. And, um, and that remained really important. So as some of you know, um, we were so close that I spent the majority of our school holidays and vacations in Connecticut or traveling to and from. And particularly Sailor, my daughter and my grandmother were extremely close. And the past few visits, we would go together, Sailor and I, um, and especially if she had a break since the kids go to different schools. And so the majority of my parenting years, really, the past 15 years have have included multiple multiple trips to Connecticut um where my grandmother lived in her home that was her grandmother's home. so she lived there for um I believe eighty something years total or the house was eighty something years old um, but had been in our family. and um I know she wanted to stay there until it was a hundred until she until the house was a hundred and that did not happen but um, was an intention of my grandmother's. So I've spent the majority of my parenting years really orienting towards home as grandmother, home as Connecticut, home as wherever she is. Um, we did a lot of um, time, we spent a lot of time together over the summers and again, just kind of any vacation. So I'm just setting the stage for you to understand um. What a big part of my life and my daughter's life this relationship has been. And so in April of this past year, when my um, daughter had spring break, we, we knew we were going to drive up there, the two of us, and spend some time. And it was such a delightful trip. Um, we had an opportunity to really get to know her caregivers at a new home that she was at, um, a new memory care unit that she had moved into in, I believe, January, and we had not had a chance to go meet them, meet the caregivers and see her space. So we went up there and it was really great to just have these long days with nothing planned except to just be together and have conversation. And um, we got to know some of the other residents and and I'm just smiling, thinking of the conversations and the way which the door was open because spring was coming and... We were watching movies with the residents and playing trivia games, and it was really, really sweet. And Sailor and I stayed at this really cute inn down the road. In the morning, we were going to leave. um, I believe it was a Thursday morning. (laughs) We were getting up really early to make the drive back, and we decided to go and say goodbye to Grandma before we left, before we were driving. And so we took the little pass and got into her room. It was so early. I think it was like six or 7 AM. Um, my grandmother loves to sleep. She did not like to get up early. Um, the only time I ever saw her up early was when she had her insomnia stretches where she would be awake because she was already up, um, from the night. But for the most part, my grandmother was not an early riser, an early bird. And so, um, But she would always, always, always get up to say goodbye to us before we drove home. Always when we were in her home, um, if we were leaving early, she would get up and come down in her robe and give us hugs and food and, um, and send us off. And so on this April morning, we knew we wanted to go and say goodbye and give her one more smooch before we left. So we walked in and we just figured she'd be sleeping. When she's sleeping, she is like in a deep sleep. Um, She, especially the past few years, would be really funny about, um, you know, family members would want to have her get up and she would just close her eyes, um, almost like a baby does when they're overstimulated and they want more sleep. That is exactly what it reminded me of. So she... We expected her to be asleep. We expected her to not wake up, and so when we tiptoed in, literally walked in the door, Sailor and I, she opens her eyes. Oh, girls, what are you doing here? I'm delighted to see you. And where's saying, grandma? Why are you up? What are you doing? She said, "I heard you come in. I just, I'm so delighted to see you." And she was smiling. And it was really, really sweet. It was really sweet. And we kissed her and hugged her and told her we were heading back to Washington. And we'd had such a great visit. And she was just fully present, fully with us. And we left. Just taking a breath, a pause. Coming back into my body to feel... I can remember this so clearly. That would be the last time that I would see her and have a conversation with her. And it's such a beautiful last, um, last visual memory and like sensual, like touch, right? The, the, using the senses to be with her. In June, just a few weeks later really, um, we got word that she was um, not eating as much and kind of in and out of it and eventually went unconscious and um, Sailor and I went back up and we were able to sit with her and lay with her and hold her hands and be with her. She looks so beautiful. (laughs) She looks so beautiful, just glowing and luminous and like a queen, like a peaceful, powerful, important queen. And important, I mean, by what she did in her life, having six children and a career, full career where she pivoted and Shape shifted all the time, and her engagement in the community, like it's important what she did, how she um, lived, and her influence, and how it continues to ripple in all of these different ways. And that's what I felt there in that room over those days, just being with her and sitting vigil as she began the transition began her transition. And so in the background of all of this is my extremely rich, beautiful, full, delicious Jewish life. And a while ago, a friend, Kohenet Katsira, um, shared with us during services a prayer poem that she had created to Octavia Butler's words with the prayer tune that I sang to you earlier. And this song, prayer, words, poem, um, deeply impacted me because this idea of from generation to generation, this idea that. Judaism is emerging, changing, in transition is not, is, is supposed to evolve with humanity. And Kohenet Katsira's words and way in which she put this together feels that, I feel that so deeply because here we have this tune that I've known my whole life and grown up through the years knowing, but evolving into these incredible words from uh Octavia Butler from a visionary <laughs> writer um, thinker dreamer poet visionary human and that's what I love so much about being alive in Judaism right now is that um, it's changing and evolving in, In ways that feel supportive and nourishing, and as medicine for now. And so, in the background of my life, is this very rich, full Jewish experience that I'm having. And so, even when we were up sitting vigil with grandma, I was able to put on our Shabbat services. We spent our last, her last Shabbat with her. And be able to share in some of the ways I'm praying that are evolving. And it's funny, I think she would be proud of me for being involved. And also I think it would be a little uncomfortable for her because of the way we pray that's like changing and transforming, but in a good way, like I think it would be something we really could talk about. So I'm just sharing that piece because it feels really important in this idea that we have of from generation to generation, Lador, Vador, and we have this evolving, spiraling, like how do we take the threads of the past and weave them into the future? And that is what I believe that this, that what Kohenet Katsira created is. And so it has been and was part of my Soul during this period from the winter into the summer and over these services and hearing it and praying in this way. And so we go to leave the vigil. We decide, um, you know, it's time to go home. Sailor and I think that grandma will not transition while we're there probably and she'll hold on. And so it was just time to go home and time to say goodbye. And we did. And we drove home. And we were quiet for a few days and on solstice, uh, right as it turned solstice on June 21st. um, I am sleeping. I am in and out of sleep. And here is what I'm dreaming. This is what I'm hearing in my dreams as I'm sleeping, as it becomes solstice, as we begin to transition we have lived before and we will live again we will be silk stone mind star we will be scattered gathered molded probed we will live and we will serve life we will live and we will serve life we will shape god and god will shape us again always again forevermore That you touch, you change. All that you change, changes you. The only lasting truth, the only lasting truth, the only lasting truth is change. God is. God is. God is change. And at that moment, the phone rings, and I see that it's my aunt, and she says, Plessy, she's gone. And I knew it. I was dreaming this prayer, dreaming into the future, dreaming the words of Octavia Butler and Kohenet Katsira's arrangement and the Elenu, and it was on this extremely potent and powerful transition day of solstice, of light, and it just all made sense. It was perfect in its pain, perfect. The love that I have for my grandmother is has been expressed deeply in the way I've been grieving her and continue to. And God is change. Like whatever the version of God you believe or you don't believe, it doesn't matter. That's just a word to represent this experience that we're having, this mystery that we're in. <laughs> I'm telling stories about our lives in the way in which the magic is happening in really mysterious ways. And I'm leaving behind any resistance or pushing or Yeah, resistance feels right. Like it just is what it is. It's perfect. It's perfectly divine. The transition of death, it's, she's in me everywhere, right? And so if I choose to pause and breathe and feel her spirit, feel her memory through the words and the prayers and the experiences it's like I can taste her right here and the change part is the only lasting truth and it just feels really important to tell this story at this time there is a lot going on in the world there is a lot of deep pain hurt chaos fear, anger, and coming home into the stories of our lives is a on-purpose practice of remembering, of pausing, and just bringing into our hearts the ways in which people touch our lives And at the end of the day, that's the most powerful influence and ripple that we can have on each other, that we are porous, that we do impact each other, that even if we have really strong boundaries and we don't take things personally, that we're still always, always impacting, affecting, intersecting. Mm like the essence of each other. And I think that's one of the things I've learned from this particular transition, this particular physical earth, human death of my beloved goddess, queen, grandmother, Elaine, Loengard, is that I'm just in awe of the ways that she is still here. Through song, through prayer, through looking, through action, through community. And it just feels like such a divine gift calling an order. Like it feels like it's like a divine task to keep her work moving forward, to keep her legacy alive through stories about her, through stories about us. And that's important. And it's important medicine right now as the external world, um, can feel really overwhelming. So thanks for listening. Thanks for being with me in this space. I want to hear your stories. (laughs) I want to hear about your beloved dead, your beloved wise and well ancestors. I want to hear from your hearts. What's, what are some of the things that are alive for you now that maybe came through some of your ancestral inheritances? And I'll end with um, this version of the Elenu. Thank you, Kohenet Katsira. Mm, so beautiful. Thank you, Octavia Butler. (laughs) Beloved ancestor. All that you touch, you change. All that you change, change changes you. The only lasting truth, the only lasting truth, the only lasting truth is change. God is, God is, God is.